Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I want to know more about. Today, my guest is Julie Mosler. She is the founder and CEO of Common Fortune, which mines the strengths of great companies to build tomorrow's super brands. And to me, she is Jules, because we are friends. Hello, Jules. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. How are you today? Oh, Oh, my gosh. so good. We met on Rashonda Thornton's podcast. We were on a panel together talking about marketing. Mm -hmm. And what I was um, so impressed with, I mean, one, I'm just impressed with you, but also the fact that I was like a fellow marketer that is also into kindness and wants to be helpful because as we know, not everybody can afford our services, but we can definitely give them some great advice on how to you know, what they should be doing to set themselves up for success as they continue to grow their business. And Rashonda was like, oh yeah, that's how I, that's how I met Jules. She was on Twitter offering to help people. I was like, oh, I must have her on my podcast. I love that. <laughs> See, and the chain continues because that this is how now we're building a relationship. So exactly. It's never so talk just to about that. like the one, the one point of contact that you make. It goes on and on and on, which is so exciting. Yay, which is what we love, building our uh, networks with people that are awesome. Of course, that's the whole point, or else it's not any fun. So you help, how, how? I mean, when you were reaching out on Twitter, I mean, how many people were like, I'll take you up on that? Well, it was really interesting because it was last summer, so during all of this social justice conversation, which is very necessary, and, and a lot of interesting voices coming about that probably hadn't participated before. And for me, I, I run a business where 50% of our time is spent building brands. 50% of our time is spent mentoring heads of marketing or heads of PR. The reason that we do that is I fundamentally believe that businesses are not going to be successful unless they have diverse marketing teams because you're speaking to diverse audiences. And if you know right. anything about marketing, you know it's just a very heavily female young industry until all of a sudden you look up and the CMOs are men and they're white. So what did we miss along the way? Like who's falling through these gaps of right. growth? So it just started to really irritate me and also I don't think is a good recipe for success. And during Black Lives Matter, I learned that in, or, in order for me to create relationships with the right mentees, it isn't enough to just say that we mentor minority heads of marketing. We really need to reach out and say, we're looking to work with the Black marketing community, or we hope to give away 10 hours of service this month to this group. And so I learned a lot about how, when it's appropriate to reach out to groups without it necessarily feeling like tokenism, because that's certainly right. never my goal, you know. Um, but the funny thing was, I every month for years, I've been giving away my time to people that just need some, some advice or some pointers. And this month I tweeted it out and David Allen Greer, who's a really famous black comedian, he saw it and he retweeted it. And so I had like hundreds of DMs from people and one of them was Rashonda. So that's so cool. He's a cool guy. I mean, how amazing for him to think that this was worthy of sharing. In this connected (laughs) world that we have. I love it. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and I love that you're doing that. You know, I just recently had on a gentleman, Tim Leon, and he was talking about return on empathy and, you know, how as marketers, I mean, that we need to help our clients to understand that you have to, you, you have to have empathy right now. You can't live in, a, you know, your little box and not understand what is going on in this world and be silent about it. You got to mm-hmm. stand up and really say who you are. But as a marketer, as a fellow marketer, I mean, that, that it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing in a lot of ways, right? Because we, our intent is not to upset people, but sometimes I, I, I think that it, people are really touchy right now, right? Absolutely. I mean, and, being marketers means that we have to know how to communicate and there's nuance there. That's why people are paid a lot of money to roll out campaigns that touch people in different audiences in different places. And again, all the more reason why you have to have diverse voices on that team, because you can't anticipate how these messages will land and connect with people if you're only seeing it through your own point of view. Exactly. So so a diverse group of people looking at something, I mean, it, it really helps you to understand and learn where your blind spots are. Absolutely. And to your point, I think um, there's certainly people who are overcorrecting and, and um, feeling like you have to apologize for everything that you say or almost knowing that just by speaking, you're guaranteed to upset someone. But I think by having empathy, it means we assume the best of other people and that when they mess up, we take our time to understand how they got there in the first place and we give them a chance to course correct. And so, you know, that's a home for marketers as well is representing these businesses or these individuals that do need to course correct. Um, it doesn't mean working for companies or people that are terrible, but it means, yeah, right. you know, helping, helping people articulate their position when maybe that's not such a natural thing for them to do. That's awesome. I love it. So, you know, we were we were talking about Instagram because you were helping out Rashonda with mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. And um, did you watch Fake Famous? I just started it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm transparency here. I knew that these influencers were, um, you know, buying followers of and that course. kind of thing. But I did not know how far that whole influencer thing went as far as making it look like I'm living this crazy, amazing life when, you know, I'm actually like one of them that, that I was like, really was that they were talking about how in LA they've got a, um, I mean, it looks like a set from a movie so that you can oh, look yeah. like you are in a private jet, but you're not, you're not in a private jet. You're in something that just looks like on a movie set. Totally. What? I I mean, I was going to say, I don't know how often you've been to Brooklyn, but if you've ever walked through the Lower East Side of New York City, where I used to live, or through anywhere in Brooklyn. I've been to Brooklyn I mean, a couple of times, actually. Yeah, yes. like the, the posing and the, you know, you do get a sense of people are like, hey, this is my car I'm leaning on, except it's not, you know? <laughs> so, um But that business, I mean, this is an ecosystem to have a fake movie set where you can ride on a private jet that's half of a jet just for the sake of your photo. It's insane. It's totally insane. I don't know how to feel about it. 
Like there's the, you know, there's that part like, like fake it to make it thing. But yeah. I'm like, but this is just keeps, this is more like fake it and keep faking it. Like what is this okay to do? I have so many questions. I would love, you are a, you are a much younger person than I. So I would love to know, like, am I just being the old fogey lady over here? Like, oh, mish, get with the times. But um, I look at it and I think when, okay, when I, growing up, I did not, I mean, I just had my neighborhood friends. I knew what their houses looked like. I knew, you know, we were all kind of the same. Sure. I can't imagine growing up where every day in my face is, look at this person's amazing lifestyle that you don't I have. I think that I, that has to damage people in some way. Not well, everyone, but certain kids. I mean, I have sort of three, three competing thoughts. One is, yeah, I mean, if I were in high school and there were social media, I, I don't think I would have made it because I can't imagine being at home on a Friday night and seeing everything I was missing because yes. I definitely was not the person who was out, you know, being cool at house parties and things like that when I was 16. So I think that that's just in general, social media absolutely creates this sensation of the, the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And somebody's um, having a lot more fun than you and getting yeah. a lot more cooler gifts and their clothes are awesome. Yeah. And the funny thing is, as an adult, it doesn't, I don't think of it that way at all. I just use it as a way to connect with people. But I think when I was more sensitive to that, when I was younger, absolutely, it would have really hurt me. Um, in this case, with the influencers, it's funny because I am pro people creating something from nothing and right. creating a business. And the amount of people I know who do not have an education, do not have the resources to go start a software company or work at their dad's company where they just magically become a vice president, they're going to Instagram and they're creating something for themselves. And I completely respect that. But I agree with you where the idea of being famous just for being famous, I think is one that is going to expire. And I'm really concerned for people who are growing up thinking that they don't need an education or a skill because that's the only, like, that's their plan, right? So that is exactly, that is one of the thoughts I had. I was like, I don't know that this is sustainable. I don't think it is. You it, know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should be a, an influencer and I could like start the whole silver influencer thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it was, I was just, I was watching it thinking, I don't, I'm all over the place with thoughts. So thank you. I love that you have like, here are the three thoughts that I have. Right? I love <laughs> that. That's like amazing. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's, I think that um, it is on the parents, like, like have a conversation with your kids to help them see through that, you know, not all, even they were talking about on the show that like 40 to 60% of the followers, even for the biggest names out there are, are fake, including oh all the engagement. Yeah, now my sure. daughter was, she was telling me that she can see through that. She can totally tell the fake engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I won't, well, she, this isn't going to hurt her. Sorry, Kylie Jenner, but my daughter sees through it and she sees that you have lots of fake engagement going on. You know oh, what I mean? She's sure, like, oh yeah, sure. you can totally tell when it's fake. Did it? So I was very, I was very happy that she knew that, you know, but yeah. she's 19. If you've got a 12 or 13 year old, it's probably a good idea to let them know smoke and mirrors. 
Yeah, there's a lot of online hygiene, I think, that goes into raising a teenager that you just didn't have to think about before. Right. Um, but, you know, again, with these with these folks that who assume they're just going to become famous on Instagram, the problem with that is that no matter how great you are, you still will become the victim of time, which mm -hmm. is that when you're a 30 something influencer, you may not be as interesting to your followers as someone who's 20. And when you're 40 something, like you're still going to continue to have these challenges where you need something new to talk about. So you better have a hobby or a skill or at least the ability to be a personality and such where you could interview people or, you know, there has to be something more there. And I just think that the market will be so saturated with people who are personalities, quote unquote, that there's, right. there just has to be more to it than that. I got to wonder if they can learn from uh, people that play sports, professional sports. Yeah, sure. I mean, at a certain time, you're you're going to be done playing your professional sports. So you've got to have the, you know, the what line up your next adventure kind of thing. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I think the, the reality is like a lot of them are 19 or 20 and they've already made their first one or two million. Which so, is incredible. Yeah. So the question is more like, what do you do with that money? Do you invest it? Invest do you start it, something right. with that? Do you start a business? So you know, I'm not suggesting at all that it's like too late for these people. I'm just thinking three or four years from now, the kid who like fires up TikTok and thinks that they're just going to become famous and that's their ticket. I just hope that, you know, they, they give it a second thought and have um, some other skills that they've developed to round out what they offer the world. Yeah. Or realize they're riding a wave, you know, just like be real with it. Get, get, get some reality going with you because, you know, yeah, you don't want to just be at the end of it and be like, all sad and you've got nowhere else to go. That's no one wants that. Well, and not to discredit, you know, the best TikTokers make a lot of money because they're funny or because they're great dancers. Like even they have talent. That's why they have these followers. So right. it's the folks in the middle where it's just kind of like, you know, if you're going to be the best of the best, that's great. But if not, like, please invest in your education and in, in something that's going to be a, a path for you. I love it. Well, thank you for talking about that with me. I've been dying to talk to somebody about that one. <laughs> I know I you like, reminded me I have more episodes to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Get through the whole, I think, well, I think actually it's just one. No, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. I made it through a couple minutes. And to be honest with you, it just was so... I'm telling you, it's like walking through my neighborhood in New York <laughs> with like, the people I leaning bet. on the cars. And well, Brooklyn is very Instagrammy. Yeah, I, I was living in um, Alphabet City, which is just this great little bubble very close to Brooklyn on the other side of the river. Um, and, you know, every Saturday morning, the corner by my apartment turns into this explosion of like boozy brunch and people posing with street art. And, gotcha. you know, I'm sure every city has that corner, but. Uh, well, I'm no, so I, I know a lot about Dumbo. Yeah. Yep. I've been there a couple of nice times. Spot. That's where we used to do Ted Fest. All of us TEDx organizers would get together pre-COVID days. Um, yeah, I miss my TEDx buddies. I, and, and it was, I mean, I loved Brooklyn. I thought it was fabulous to hang out there. It was so much fun. Yeah. Brooklyn's a big place. There's so many different types of neighborhoods and people and it's very special. How fun. So let's talk about, um, well, actually I, I want to talk about some, I have some questions for you. 
I have some fun okay. questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm so okay. ready. My first one, one question for you is, what was the last Groupon you purchased? Oh my gosh. No one's you, you used to work for Groupon. So I had no, are you still, are you still purchasing Groupons? So it's very funny that you asked that because it's, it had been a little bit since I'd bought one. Um, and right now I'm in Palm Springs with my family in California. And I, I was looking for a new nail salon and sure enough, they had a Groupon. So there I you just, go. I bought one last night. It's, it's uncanny that you asked that because. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. that's awesome. I was just, I was thinking <laughs> this is the perfect person to ask this question to. Yeah. I love it. So you're lucky nail regular, salon. Is that a regular question that you asked? No. Oh, <laughs> that was just a question for you. Right. My, my <laughs> favorite my favorite Groupon that I ever bought, my 30th birthday, um, there was a concert. It was like a, a band that is kind of an internet name called Turquoise Jeep, but it's this boy band, but the guys are like in their 40s, probably 50s, um, but they're just hilarious. And they Turquoise had- Turquoise Jeep? Yeah, I'll send oh, you I have to link. look it up. It's pretty funny. Um, but they are kind of like a club, they have a cult following. And it just so happened that they were having a show on April 1st, which was my 30th birthday a while ago. And I bought every Groupon that we sold. Like I bought out the entire deal. And then I just gave them away to people at Groupon oh, and to my friends. Fun. It was it was my best purchase for sure. That's hilarious. Okay, now I got to look up Turquoise Jeep because <laughs> that has my interest right there. That's yeah, if awesome. anybody has ever heard of that group, they win a lot of points with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tag them. I'm tagging them. <laughs> Please do. Please do. He'll be all over it. We were talking about you guys. Oh my We're gosh, that's glossy. so fun. Yeah. So um, I have a question. This is the question I do ask everybody. Okay. And that is because, you know, we're all about kindness here. And so tell me about kindness, something you witnessed, something that you received, kindness you gave. Tell me something recent about kindness in your world. Oh my gosh. Um, I think that it is the price of admission. I think that it's why we're here and you don't get to participate. You don't get everything out of this world unless that's your, your mode of operations. Um, for me, I used to stress about it a lot because I felt like a calling that it had to be a big part of my life. And then especially as I joined the tech industry, I would be traveling 200, 250 days a year. And there just was no way to keep track of what day it was or whose birthday it was, let alone actually doing something for that occasion. So I created this system for myself, which I think kindness, of course, has to be active. It can't be passive. But I created just a system of reminders and ways that I knew I could be engaging so I could stop thinking about it so much. Right. So um, a certain part of my income, I donate every month to different causes that are important to me. And that alleviates the stress of feeling like I have to say yes to things that other people ask me to do because I already know that I'm contributing in that way. Um, I, I have sporadic things, you know, I'll volunteer where I can, but to me, the biggest way, aside from just being kind to people that you love is to actually 
do something that has an impact. And so the way that I can have impact is by sharing what I know and encouraging other people to build businesses and have financial independence and be able to build what they want to build in their communities. So I give away about, I would say, like between 15 and 20 hours of my time every month. Um, it's never to companies. I, I do not work for free ever. Um, but if there are people that are independent business owners or trying to come up in the world of communications or marketing or tech, I will happily get on the phone with them and, and give them some pointers in the right direction. And then the last thing is with people that are close to me, sometimes I have to set calendar reminders to check in, but I do it because, not because it's passive and I don't care, but because I know that I, I need to stay in contact with people and it's the way that I sort my brain. Right. So if I can use technology to do that, then I think that that's okay. I love it. I that, And that's, I mean, all of that, I agree hundred percent. I do the same. I love it. You know, I give my, of my time to people that are like, I don't have any money right now. I'm just starting this thing. I need some help, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's funny. I, I put weird things on my calendar all time, all the time to remind. I, I email stuff to myself all the time. I mean, people yeah, are like, me it's really kind of crazy that one mm -hmm. over there. But I love the thought that, you know, you were talking about checking in with people and I, whenever someone comes, like somebody will come up in my mind and I, I will just start thinking about them a lot and I'll think, okay, you just got to reach out and be like, Hey, how are you? Totally. You know, cause they keep showing up in your head. There might be a reason why you need to reach out to them. And it's amazing how many people are like, Oh gosh, I'm really going through a hard time right now, Mish. And you know, I'm like, I'm so glad I reached out. I feel yeah. and so listen to those little voices, right? Listen to those little taps on the shoulder that the universe gives you and, and act on them. Imagine what would happen if every single person reached out every time they thought about somebody else. Just right? imagine what that would feel like, especially during a pandemic. And it won't you leave know? me alone. I mean, like there's times where I'm, I'm kind of lazy about it, you know, and it'll be like two weeks later. I'm like, oh my gosh, just reach out to them. What are you doing? Yeah. This is not that hard. Just go, you know, and I'm always, I mean, I've never, ever have I ever once went, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I've always been like, this was the right thing to do. Completely. And, and, you know, I mean, Facebook makes it easy. You can leave a post for someone. Um, I shoot people texts every Monday. I'll just say like, let's get it. Good morning. You know, let's go hustle, like things like that. Um, but, you know, I think you, you, people will always surprise you in the ways that they're willing to help or participate, but you have to give them an opening to do that. And so right. all the more reason why um, I'm constantly asking people if they want to help me donate for Christmas, or if, you know, I, I will post on my page saying who in my timeline needs something and who else can provide it. And I don't even know what those things are, but if I can just be a conduit, then right putting out the ask is really important. I love that. That's connecting in a very kind way. Yeah, I try. I don't know. Hey, Jules. I love that you're doing it. <laughs> this is great. So tell people how they can find you. Sure. So uh, the fastest way is just emailing me. I'm Julie at itscommonfortune.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Julie underscore Mo. And on Twitter, I'm Julie underscore Mo, M-O. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to like learn more about each other. I oh so appreciate you being yes. on this podcast. You have such wonderful energy. So oh, so it's, do you. It's just and such I'm a just, delight. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I want to tell your mom, good job, mom. 
I'll tell her she's in the next room. <laughs> right. She's like right there. And dad too, you know, good job. Guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, well, <laughs> thank you, know. Jules. I really appreciate your time today and for being on the podcast and you're awesome. Thanks for all that you're doing. I'll say hi the next time I come to Missouri. I promise. Yes. You'll have to come yeah. hang out my loft. I got a cool loft. Can't wait. Yeah, of right. course you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, dear. And for okay. everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We love all of you. Have a good one. Bye.